Welcome to another episode of Kiwis in Business. Today we're joined by Hawke's Bay-based businessman, Matthew Bennett, who joins co-host Phil to chat about his business, Niblish. Niblish is a baked fruit business that Matthew established in 2018 after discovering a scarcity of delicious, healthy, preservative and chemical-free snacks to give his daughter, who suffers from food intolerances. Niblish has a huge focus on sustainability and is committed to making a positive change here in New Zealand and in other communities around the world. Matthew is here to talk to us about the sacrifices he's made in starting this business and the adventures that he's had along the way as he's built it into the successful business that it is today. Okay, so this morning I'm joined by Matthew Bennett, the CEO from Niblish. Good morning, Matthew. How are you? Good morning, Phil. I'm well, thank you. How are you going? I'm really good. So tell us, just before we get into hearing the story of Niblish, why don't we learn a little bit about yourself, Matthew? Where are you from? What's your background? Well, so originally I'm from the UK. Uh, I met my wife, Melanie, over there uh, you know, a number of years ago. She was over there traveling and uh, we did the traditional, uh, I guess, Kiwi thing. And I, I met her in a bar in, in London. And you know, a number of years later, she, she dragged me back here uh, to enjoy the New Zealand lifestyle, which is great. So we now, uh, we now live down here in Hawke's Bay uh, yep. with our two kids and uh, yeah. Enjoy it, certainly enjoy it. It's a very different lifestyle from the one that we had when we were living over in the UK, but uh, yeah, it's also a fantastic place to, to bring up a family. And, and whereabouts in the UK were you from? Yes, yeah, so I grew up uh, just south of London in, in Surrey. Uh, okay. I went to school in Kent and then, then worked in London uh, originally as a, as a lawyer, I guess, after, after university. Uh, okay. And then in about 08, I moved into executive search and was brought across to New Zealand, yeah, a decade ago potentially uh, now by by a firm that was what brought us into New Zealand in the first place. Fantastic. So, you, so you've been in New Zealand, you say for about ten years. Oh, ten years. Yeah. Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. Great. Awesome. And then now you're you know the CEO of Niblish, and and tell us you know, what is Niblish and, and how did that get started? Yeah. So Niblish has been a journey. So we um it was originally started uh, because. We, my daughter Imogen was born. She had various allergies that when she when she popped out, whole thing. We were looking around, and there was really nothing out there on the market that wasn't laced with something, you know, be it sulfites yeah. or you know, egg powder or something out there. And there's so little that she could eat. And we originally had the idea that we would, you know, we created some of the snacks at home for her to eat that she was able to have. Uh, and one of those was. Uh, the dried fruit that we do now, you know, baking it at home without adding any sugar or chemicals to it. But we originally started Nibbish as a direct-to-consumer business. So we were a little perhaps before our time <laughs> in a way, but um, we made a variety of snacks and sold them through an online portal. And, and and the online portal was pretty smart, actually. So it would kind of listen to what you liked and yeah. um, build boxes, especially for you. So every box we sent out was unique. Yeah. Uh, each week and it kind of gave you a week's worth of snacks to, to nibble on uh, but we were yeah we made a number of mistakes and <laughs> as we were doing that yeah. one, of the, one of the things we didn't make a mistake on was the fruit and we had you know various people sort of say to us that we we love all your snacks we really love your fruit and so we kind of listened to yeah. them and then launched the fruit as a standalone kind of offering into retail in October 18. So so almost three years ago as of today. And, wow. uh, and and that really took off from there. So what's unique about our fruit is that 
it doesn't have any added sugar, it doesn't have any added chemicals. And other dried fruits on the market all do. Uh, they're all laced with um, sulfur dioxide or potassium sulfates or sugars. Yeah. And so we, we have a real point of difference in the marketplace. And, you know, fortunately, you know, over the last three years, customers have really enjoyed our, our fruits, be they for the for lunchboxes or for their desk drawer at work or their gym bag. They've kept picking them up and, and kept introducing them to their families for us, which has been absolutely fantastic. Also, and I like that, the idea that you've got these tailor-made packages even in the early days for the, for the consumer, which is great. The idea of calling it Niblish, who came up with that idea for the, for the name originally? It's a cool name, oh, I like gosh. it. Yeah, I think if anyone is trying to name a business, it just, oh, it's one of the longest things. I remember going through the thesaurus thinking, what the heck could we call this business? And you know, we had a long yeah. list of potential names that we could use. Um, in the end, Melanie, my wife, uh, thought of Niblish. And um, it's just a, uh, it was just a bit of inspiration one evening. Uh, and, it, and it stuck. Uh, and it's yeah. a, I think it's a great name. It's a little bit fun. It's a little it bit, um, yeah, and it's memorable, which is great. It is fun, and it's interesting. You know, it's a bit of fun, Niblish, and I think uh, you know, I've had a look on your website, and I think that's the general theme through the website as well. The way it's laid out, the wording, it's it's lighthearted, it's fun, but it's also informative. Uh, and I think you've done a really good job uh, on your website there. So, thank um, you very much. Yeah, I think that that kind of um, that that way of doing things, that approach, that you know, not taking ourselves too seriously, I yeah. think has been something we've tried to do from the get go, and tried to be. You know, people that go, look, we're just, we're just kind of normal folks just having a crack at this and, and had that language and approach and everything we've done. And, and I, you know, hopefully that's resonated with people. Yeah, now, look, any, anyone out there who, who has their businesses knows that, you know, there's usually a lot of sacrifices that you've got to make. But what sort of sacrifices did yourself and your family have to make when you came up with Nibblish and really wanted to get it cranking, so to speak? Yeah, gosh. An enormous amount, and you probably don't really realise at the time, and it's only when you reflect back what you did. So, you know, when we started out, we would, well, I would, would be up at four in the morning, and I'd drive down to the the, the sort of warehouse to start producing products, and uh, you know, I'd do that from you know probably five until nine, and then we'd pack boxes from you know nine until twelve, and and yeah. And the effect that that has on the family life is enormous. Yeah. yeah we, so we, we struggled and did that for a couple of years. And then, yeah, and we tra- when we transitioned to the fruit business, yeah, that first year I was on the road and I think I did uh, 35,000 Ks in the car. Wow. Um, so just driving around New Zealand, talking to um, supermarkets, just introducing them to the fruit, meeting with customers. And so just the, the hours that you put into it is, is enormous. And so... It, that the biggest impact, I guess, is on is on the family life, and 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 it's really your, your kids and your partner who who sort of do that work along with you. Yeah. And I think, well, yeah, you're on the road and you're yeah you're doing all these meetings, but actually your, your partners at home looking after the kids, and um, the kids are you know t- you know taking care of themselves at times. And so yeah. there is a huge 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 sacrifice. And I suppose when we when we did do that, we. We actually were up in Auckland when we kicked off the business and we moved down to Hawke's Bay, uh, which is where my, my wife's from. But you know, part of that was driven by uh, a need to free up some capital to, to keep the thing going. And so you know, there was a big, there's certainly a big risk in that. And 
that's um, yeah, sort of take my hat off to, to Mulaney for you know believing in what we were doing and, yeah. and um, uh, you know kind of agreeing to do that because it, it was certainly a gutsy move. Absolutely a gutsy move, but I think I think that's the challenge for a lot of people is the whole work life balance. You know, and uh, and there's always a sacrifice somewhere. And you know, the people that we love the most, sometimes we need to spend the most time apart from, especially in those early days. So, uh, you know, good on you for making that sacrifice. And now, uh, you know, obviously we're on the way to hopefully having Nibblish as a household name. So, you know, hopefully that sacrifice is going to make uh, pay dividends for you. Well, fingers fingers crossed. Yeah, there's, there's a little way to go yet, but um, you know, we're certainly yeah, we're going in the right direction for sure. Yeah. Well, why don't you tell us then a little bit about some of your uh, your signature nibblish products? Like, what what is on offer on your? Yeah, sure. Website? So we um, so we now have a, a really extensive range now. So we, we we started off actually with strawberry and banana because we we saw real overlap with lunch boxes and thought kids would really like them. And then we added mango and pineapple. Um, and we've gone on to add apricot, cranberry, and and recently prunes to the market as well. Uh, and I guess we're best known for our mango product, okay. uh, which is the biggest. It's actually the biggest selling healthy snack in New Zealand now, which is which is great. So it's, it's my favourite fruit. fruit. I love <laughs> yeah, mango. Fantastic. Yeah, so, yeah. And it's actually that you know, well, it's taken the most work that product and the most development and it's uh, most most time investment for sure to get it right. And yeah, yeah we yeah we now range that products you know all through New Zealand and all through Australia with within Woolworths as well and the I think the the key thing about that product is that it's just so different from anything that people have had before yes you know traditionally mango is made by soaking it in sugar water and then washing yeah. it in sulfur oxide and stuff and we, we don't do that uh, we yeah. use a, a premium mango out of Ghana and we bake it at source and then and that's it you know no, nothing else added into it at all and that means that when you come to eat the product, it's obviously a lot better for you. It tastes a lot better, and yeah, you know, customers have kind of pretty quickly picked that up, which is which is great. But we've gone through a real journey to make that product happen. Yeah. Uh, so the guys that we work with in Ghana, they used to produce kind of the the old school mango sugar infused and stuff, and but their main business was actually fresh fruit, so fresh mangoes, fresh pineapples, and. The guys at Harrods and Selfridges in London, they used to fly fresh fresh fruit into those into the food halls of those stores wow. and sell them for exorbitant amounts of money right. just because you know, you're rich and you know, rich and famous in London could have yeah. mangoes that were a couple of days old versus you know what they used to out of uh, Tesco's. And so we, when we went to them and we you know, talked to them about what we were trying to do and uh, the recipe we wanted to follow. Yeah, it, it was a journey to get them on that process, but yeah, we kind of knew with the variety of mango and the way that they were approaching it that they'd be really good partners in this. And yeah, that's that's proven dividends. You know, sort of we're now you know, probably four years down the line from when we started working with them, and yeah, it's now a really you know mutually beneficial uh, relationship. Well, it's extraordinary, and you'll have to forgive me because I, I don't know a great deal about Ghana. But how how did you know that first come about with Ghana being a place that you would want to to go and do business with and and you know you say you've had some awesome relationships there but how's that been like I assume you've obviously been to Ghana yourself and and you've seen firsthand well, what what's it like? 
Yes. Oh, it's it's a fantastic country. Yeah, the yeah. people are incredibly friendly and yeah. you know, they work incredibly hard. It's, it's, it's lovely, really, really nice. But you know, how do we come to Ghana, first of all? We first work through the mango varieties that exist around the world. And because we don't add anything to the fruit, the fresh fruit itself has got to be perfect. And right. so the, you know, the premium mangoes, stuff that is generally eaten and yeah, coming out of Selfridges and those places, does come from West Africa. It's where the, yeah, some of the best growing conditions are and they, they farm the best varieties. Yeah. And that then translates to the finished product really, really closely. And it sort of differs from the likes of the kind of the Thai or the Philippine mango where they just add a heap of sugar to it. So it could be anything really. And... So we, we worked that out pretty quickly because you know, yeah. we, we essentially initially did a lot of stuff at home and had an enormous DHL bill from getting uh, getting lots of samples and things come, come through to us. And then we worked a lot more closely with the guys in Ghana, visited them, you know, found out where their barriers were to making this product and you know, issues they had in their facilities. And you know, a couple of them were simple stuff like you know the the infrastructure there wasn't great from a power perspective so we can wow. help them out with you know what about solar power and what about uh, using the waste fruit and what about sort of you know essentially composting that to capture the methane and, and things and and so we kind of took them through all of those those journeys and, and helped them out and you know as a result they now have a facility that's that's really world class you know and it's as good from a technological and food safety and a production site as anywhere you'll find in the world, which is which is really a testament to, to their ability and their, their willingness to, to go on that journey. Oh, that's great because, I mean, any human anywhere, sometimes we could be guilty of having this fear of change. And I imagine uh, in Ghana that, you know, things like solar power is not commonplace. So to be willing to to take that on and you've brought that in and especially in a world where sustainability, which I know is a big part of, of your business as well, I think it's awesome that they've taken that on and, and that you've gone in there and implemented that. And it also helps them feel that they can overcome those barriers you mentioned of, you know, having the, the, the electricity that works and giving them the power and just the infrastructure. Were there any other obstacles that you found with, you know, the setup in Ghana? Oh, look, actually, one of the main ones was that they were losing, this is a cultural thing and something we, we worked out quite quickly. They, so they were losing a lot of their female staff at a certain point. They were having kids and yeah. not coming back to work. And they were one of the few people that were sort of, you know, locally who were pro- promoting women into management roles. And then they were losing them because they were, you know, going off to have kids. And when we worked it through, the, the, the barrier wasn't really that the women didn't want to come back to work. It's just that they had no, you know, no ability to, you know, have someone look after the kids while they were at work. And so, yeah, there was a building on site. And so we just sort of said, well, why don't we just turn that into a creche? And then the kids can be at, at work while, while mum's at work. Mums can continue to, to work and have an income for the family and, you know, progress their own careers. Yeah, we, we did that and it was yeah, fortunately out there. It's not somewhere that you need to yeah, spend spend an enormous amount of money setting that kind of thing up. So we did that quite quickly. Yeah. And you know, all of a sudden we've 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 now got a situation where we have continuity of workforce and you know, a supportive environment where the women out there not only feel that they can you know, just have a job, but they can actually have a career that they can stay in for 
you know, 30 years if they want to. And, you know, the family is supported as they, as they go through that. Having that security of peace of mind that your your children are in safe hands, so that you can just focus on on work and providing for your family. Yeah, um, and I think it's just a very different cultural environment. I think you, that's one of the biggest learnings I've had. Yeah, when you're dealing with a global environment, just very cognizant that you know people do things differently. Yes. And yeah, as long as your your values match up, yes. then. Then I think you know that's a good basis point to to do good business. But yeah, there's there's always going to be little challenges and little differences. But yeah, as long as your values match up, then then there's there's opportunities to do good business, and that's what we found you know, everywhere in the world that we've gone to. Yeah, wonderful. And what would you say? You know, working with the people in Ghana, do you find the most admirable about about the workers and their way of doing things? From what you've seen from an outsider, if you like, going to their nation and their way of doing things. Um, they are always smiling. I, and I don't understand, you know, I, I don't know what, whether it's a simple life, whether they're just always smiling. You, you find they, uh, that everyone in the workforce, there's, there's you know, it's, it's uncanny. You go out there and they're just, they're just a really happy, you know, happy people. You know, and you add in that layer in, they work really hard and they, you know, they have a good attitude to business and a good, good approach to dealing with you. But, yeah, I think they just they just have a great approach to life and, you know, willing to give things a go and wanting to do the best. Yeah, and they love that now that they produce the best quality baked fruit in the world. And that's, that's they love that. And it's, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a real source of pride for them. And, and I'd encourage anyone, you know, we can't travel right now, but, you know, that part of the world, go, go and visit it. Just uh, if you yeah. want to meet some folks who are just, just a really lovely people, then, yeah, I'd recommend it everyone to, to, to put it on their bucket list. No, awesome. And tell us, I, I believe you've got also a program with tree planting and I read something about uh, like a water a program that you got yeah. you tell us a little bit about that and that's all in your, your yes. sustainability um stance yeah so. so the water we every site that we've used and every partner that we've worked with we've we've insisted that they uh, have a water recycling pro- program and okay. so every site now has a, essentially a circular system so one of the problems with fruit production is that you you get a lot of juice everywhere and it gets sticky and so you've got to wash it down and clean it. And if you didn't have that, you would be using just an enormous amount of water on a daily basis. And it's just just not something that we were really prepared to do within the business. We really realised quite quickly that yeah, that was a real problem for the environment. So yeah, we yeah we put that in in place and worked with suppliers where they needed to be helped to um, to put that sort of system in place. Really. Yeah. So and then the second one, the tree planting. So that was again something that we just wanted to do. So one of the nice things about running a business is you, you can kind of do things the way you want to do. Them. Yeah. You know, just set 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 the rules that you want to do and and do them. So you know we we've planted seven trees a day and we partner with a, a company that plants them in areas that have the most you know most environmental impact so things like planting mangroves have an incredibly high I should call it sort of a return on investment I suppose from actually a carbon capture um, perspective and uh, so we've, we've been you know we've been doing that for I'm going to say two years now, potentially eighteen months. Is that trees planted in in Ghana or in New Zealand or no? So, so no, just so just around the world. 
yeah, they're not, not necessarily in Ghana, uh, but, you know, where you, you know, they're essentially planted where they're needed most. And right, okay, could be Because easy. I guess it's a bit like saying, you know, would you plant an acre of trees here or plant, you know, replant an acre of trees in the Amazon rainforest? You, you'd probably plant them in the Amazon because they'll grow faster and have more impact. Yeah, um, got it. Uh, and so we, 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 we did look at whether we could plant them in New Zealand, but, you know, from a global perspective, it just didn't stack up. So, you know, you know make sure we plant them around the world and, you know, have a bigger impact. Awesome. And I said you also uh, support some New Zealand charities or you give to New Zealand charities. Which are they and, and how did you align with, with them? Yeah, so look, to date, um, we, we committed a while back to give 10% of profits to the you know, to charity. You know, as we've been growing, yeah, that's not really a huge amount of money. I don't mind sharing with you. But look, we've supported, you know, as a result, we've mainly supported smaller charities. So being yeah. a school or, you know, we've done a little bit here and there with the Cancer Society and the Old yeah. Women's Refuge Foundation. But look, as we grow, that's we're looking for that to be a, a bigger part of, the business and actually something we're constantly talking about internally right. to say you know you know which charities we're going to support how we're going to support them and I, and I think what we'll end up doing is supporting things that are kind of close to our our hearts really so you know probably things around teaching kids around how you know where food comes from and yeah. you know nutrition and that sort of thing I think is you know it's quite aligned with with our values yeah right. uh, so yeah You'll see a lot more of that over the next, you know, year to eighteen months. I suppose. Yeah, great. And then, from a business perspective, what would you say has been your biggest challenge? Yeah, you know, as a business owner, from from the beginning to now. If you look back, what what's something that maybe if you could have the time again and go back to day one, what would you do differently, knowing that what you know now? Is there any one oh, one thing? Any one thing? How long have you got? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, one thing I'd do differently. I, d- I don't know about that. I think at the time you make every decision with the best of intentions. Yes. And yeah, you, know, you you look at the and I, and I guess you know hindsight's wonderful. You'd, you'd probably Absolutely. redo thousands of decisions that you make. And you know, so I I, I don't necessarily do that. I and mean, I think the biggest things right now that are that are you know challenges that. I think we're all dealing with. We deal with the global business, and that's obviously the, the, the shipping issues and global supply chain. Yeah. I think people are really unaware of how much global warming is impacting the the global fruit industry. That's a that's a really material problem for anyone in our industry at the moment. You know, everything else that I'd have done, you know, I probably would have made the same decision again with the information at the time. So, yeah. you know, I tend not to look back too much unless I've made unless I made a real hash. I probably would get a, a management accountant in really early, you know, right. and not rely on my financial accountants. And you know, there is a big difference between their skill sets and yeah. having a having a management accountant on board from day one. I think would have made a really big difference to us. And then the other side of it, then what what's been your proudest moment as a business owner with Niblish? What what's one moment that really you know gives you a sense of pride? Yeah, I mean, I, I think. Seeing our product on shelf in Woolworths has been great. You know, seeing a row of Midwest products on shelf there has been fantastic. I, but I, I get, I still get a kick out of getting emails from people who drop us an email and sort of, 
the, the, the get in touch inbox saying, you know, we, yeah. we love your product or I can never get my kids to eat fruit or they'll eat your fruit or you know, I have allergies and I can't eat anything else. And so this is, yeah. this is fantastic for me or, you know, all of these, all those little things. I, I absolutely love that, you know, because yeah. essentially we, we created Nimbush initially so that we could give something to our daughter because she couldn't have anything else. And to show that we've gone and then done that for other families as well, that's, that's just fantastic. And that's yeah, what amazing. we want to do. You know, we want to provide food that you know, nurtures you and you know and, and keeps you whole. And you know, if we're doing that, that's, that's really fantastic. Yeah, no, that's really great. Now, anyone of our listeners out there that would be, uh, you know, on the position of thinking of starting a business, but they're not sure where to start, they're a bit scared. What what advice would you offer anyone out there who's thinking of getting started in their own business journey? Yeah, if you, if you're not sure where to start, then make a plan. Make a plan. What do I need to do? And ask all the way through. Ask, you know, what must be true for yeah. this to happen? So for, for me to hit this kind of financial goal, yeah, is essentially you're going to need. Yeah, if you're starting a business, you want to make sure you can support your family with it. You know, what must be true for me to do that? How many customers do I need to get to meet that goal? And how am I going to get those customers? That, that that's probably where I start. Yeah. If you can answer that question. And you're pretty confident that you've answered it, and you're, you have know, the goal you've set yourself attainable, then just go for it. You know, the the worst the worst thing that can happen is that you're sitting there in a year and you've gone, oh, sugar, I should have should have given that a shot. Yeah. Because you can you can always pick yourself up and go again, or go back and get a job. But yeah, you, know, you can never get the time back that that you've missed, before, you know, by not giving it a shot quickly enough. So just make a plan and and then go for it. So as the Nike advert suggests, just to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Phil, Phil Knight, yeah, he's rubbed off on me. Yeah, yeah no. Just go for it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No, great advice. And, and listen, anyone out there that wants to uh, find your products or learn more about Niblish, you know, where can they find your products? So I think, yeah, Facebook, I think the handle's Niblish. I think Instagram might be the same. But yeah, and, and the website is just www.niblish.co.nz. And there's... Lots of information out there and you know, all about us and what we've tried to do. If you, if you want to learn a little bit more about the sustainability side, you know, we've, we've got a lot there. And obviously, you can order online from us as well. And we'll also find a lot of those products in our local countdowns and New World stores? Pretty much every supermarket around New Zealand now. So, yeah, Fantastic. we're in you know, New World, Pack and Save, Countdown. We're in most of them now. And you obviously mentioned Woolworths over in Australia as well. So, Fantastic. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so you're well served if you need to go and find some of our fruit. Okay, great. Well, thank you very much for your time, Matthew. Really appreciate that. Everyone needs to get out there and eat some niblish. Thank you very much. It's been a, it's been a great chat. Thank you.